on today's episode of the Culture Vacuum Podcast, Joss Whedon leads Batgirl, and we review Annihilation and Game Nights. So sit back, relax, and get sucked in. Welcome to uh, episode uh, 17 of the Culture Vacuum Podcast. I'm your host, <laughs> Samuel Poulet. With me as always, I guess, is my co-host, Michael Watts. That's my name, I think? What? We're doing what again? A podcast. A podcast. Is this Apparently. Is this anything? Is this our podcast or someone is, else's podcast in our podcast? Is this a podcast merged with another podcast? Are we doing this bit? Well, this bit makes Are sense. Are you Michael or am I Michael? Is this or tattoo? Am I have I always had this tattoo? Who is in, is me? Who is Natalie Portman? I don't trust her face anymore, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Oh, God. This I is the banter that'll make sense later on in the show. Exactly. Um, we jumped the gun a little bit. <laughs> jumping the gun's fine. Who it's cares? all right. Who cares? It's allowed. Honestly, it's our show. We can do can... what we want, honestly. It's... Yeah. Who's going to stop us? No one. It's all Queen, up. maybe. The queen? The queen. Of England. Liz. <laughs> you know what we say about the queen? She's a useless She's monarch as who's fuck. there for economics. <laughs> yep. That's what we always say. That's what we always say. <laughs> but Michael, here, yeah. how's, how's everyone doing today? Just, we got, we're going to review two movies. Uh, one movie I was very much looking forward to. One I was not looking forward to at all, if not for the directors of it. Right. And I have a theory about why certain announcements were made when they were around this movie, but we'll get we'll mm-hmm. get to that. So we're reviewing Annihilation and Game Night later yep. on in the show. We saw both those movies. We did. These might be the um, the most different movies we've ever seen. <laughs> I think so. Well, we did we did do Proud Mary and Call Me by Your Name <laughs> on the same episode. Proud Mary and Call Me by Your Name though, there's like there's some overlap because at least they're both dramas. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> but. Oh my god. This would have been a one movie podcast. <laughs> it would have been. But. It could have been. D- just DC Comics. <laughs> DC Comics, man. <laughs> uh, listen. It's their year? It's their year. <laughs> oh, uh, we'll, get, we'll get to all that, but first. There's news. I need to There's issue news. a correction. Samuel was wrong. Wow. I'm doing the Samuel was wrong dance. Yeah. <laughs> Samuel's – so the thing I was wrong about was I said in my – in our box office breakdown, our new podcast on this feed where I do – I break down all the box office numbers in 15 minutes. Who wouldn't want that if you care about box office numbers? On yeah. box office breakdown, I said uh, the Black Panther opens in China this week, the day – the week you're hearing this episode – not true, actually. It is opening in China in early March. So we have a little Ooh. bit more time to wait before Black Panther opens in China. To talk about Black Panther's uh, box office, it is doing spectacularly. Oh, yeah. They're like, killing it. Yeah. They're doing 
some work. It's actually doing typical Marvel movie numbers overseas, which is what we want to see. And it's also opening towards the prediction I gave last week. Last week I said if Black Panther makes $100 million in its second weekend, that's how we know Marvel has another monster hit. Because the way box office works is with movies that open as big as something like Black Panther does, a healthy box office is actually drop week to week is 60% drop. So a healthy right. drop for Black Panther would have been $80 million this weekend. It's looking mm-hmm. like it's going to make $100 million this weekend, which is 50%. Mm. That is spectacular to see. That's, that's ac- good. That's not just a healthy box office drop. That is a very promising box office drop domestically. Right. So it's going to do bananas numbers here. Should I say – is bananas racist? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know what's no. racist anymore. <laughs> it's doing bananas numbers – here in the states, uh, it's doing pretty good overseas, as most Marvel movies do. Well, we don't know about China yet, but it's no. looking like this movie could cross the billion dollar mark without China. If yeah. assuming it bombs in China, it could still do well without them. But the right. Chinese numbers are going to determine if it's a monster, right? If it's if it's a force to be reckoned with, yeah. The that... wokeness is too strong, Samuel. Yeah, so yeah, just good for Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's so nice to see. I saw it a third time this week. I, I still haven't seen it a second time. I haven't picked out the time to do that, and I really want to. It's a very good time at the movies. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Rewatch value on point. Mm-hmm. And just talking about how it opened. Like, it opened to $200 million for the for the three-day weekend and mm-hmm. 242 for the four-day weekend. I was yeah. sort of right saying it was gonna to to beat all its expectations. I did not expect that much money, right? And i i've t- I've taken habit of trying to get good at box office estimates, but oh boy, I was so wrong about Black Panther how well it would do. <laughs> and I was one of the optimistic people. I was saying I think yeah, two you were, you people were like, no, <laughs> yeah, at least it's a not month to do near as well. At least a month or two ago. I was saying this movie's going to do incredible numbers because I can remember since Civil War came out that Black Twitter has been on this movie. Oh yeah. So th- there's been hype for this movie building for a year. And I felt that all the and you can't when it comes to tracking, you can't quantify hype. Right. But the hype was always that one factor that I knew about and other people knew about. I'm not going to take sole credit, but there was a small group of us saying, no, Black Panther's going to tear through every single tracking number it gets. The only time I was wrong is when I said the final tracking numbers were pretty on point. I said it's tracking at 175. I think it'll do 180. But it mm-hmm. blew past those even. Yeah. See you later. Alligator. White people. <laughs> Why isn't there a white panther? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, that's that's that's, that's the little that's bit of the thing. Bit of stuff. Samuel was wrong. That's what you should take away. I was wrong that. about that one thing. He was incorrect. So uh, get your Samuel was wrong dances in now, because it's not going to happen for a we're little. We're probably going to have another Samuel is right dance by the end of this episode. <laughs> there was a there's a Samuel's half right dance in this episode. Let's talk You're about right. Michael. Let's talk about the bloody BAFTA awards. Oh, the goddamn bloody BAFTA Awards. The BAFTAs are pretty close to what you can see from the Oscars, and it's also an important body of film. 
there are yeah. there is crossover between Academy members and BAFTA members, I believe. Like I, the awards went as most would expect. Three billboards picked up Best Picture. You wouldn't think would make sense because it was going up against Dunkirk and Darkest Hour, but then you remember that uh, Martin McDonough is also a Brit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this movie is literally a British person criticizing American society. Yeah. What do you much. think the the Brits the Brits would like that? It's like a it's almost it's almost like a British comedy disguised as an American drama. Yeah. Like you three know? billboards is what the rest of the world thinks about America. Exactly. Yeah. And Good that, movie. Um yeah. yeah, it makes the, sense. Yeah. The out the acting awards also stayed pretty close to how they've been going for uh for in the States. Mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell, supporting actor, Gary Oldman, actor, yep. Francis, Francis McDormand, McDormand, Allison Janney. Yeah. Uh, I was very happy to see that Guillermo del Toro picked up Best Director. Yeah, that was good. That yeah. was great. Um, I'm so happy for him. Good for him. And then also Blade Runner 2049 won Best Cinematography. Good. Yeah, I knew I knew you were going to be happy about the, the Blade Runner awards. I won't they be also... satisfied until Roger Deakins gets his Oscar. Yeah. If he doesn't get it this year. If he loses to Dunkirk, I'll be less mad, but still, right. I want it. Yeah, he needs it. He's made it, so many, he's shot, time. he's done such good jobs, Michael. <laughs> why You're doesn't, right. why don't they give him the job honors? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm saying the same thing about Gary Oldman and like. <laughs> he's gonna he's, win. He's, there's he's no way to. he, there's no way he loses the Oscar, Mr. Oldman. Yeah. Mr. Can I call you Mr. Oldman? Gary? Can I call you Gary? Gary. Can I call you Gary? I'm also glad that Sam Rockwell is getting some recognition. He's a very yeah. he's a very underrated actor. No, he does some really good work and I think he did really well in Three Billboards. And again, we're not endorsing the decision to redeem a racist cop. There's a diff Sam Rockwell didn't write the role. No. He just did he, he did the words on he did the words on page real good. Yeah. He just he he did his job really well you know yeah. it's it's an award for doing a, he gets a gold star that's all the oscars exactly. are it's a gold it's star a, for here, doing your job you you did a you did a better job than the other people so here you go i think there is going to be backlash around sam rockwell if he wins which is just stupid please yeah there's so much other problems with racism in hollywood exactly. to face let's, exactly let's get our priorities straight yeah. Let's not beat up the actor who was doing his job. Let's let's yeah. beat up those execs who aren't hiring people. Beat up beat up the people who are mad that Black Panther's being politicized. Yeah. Why Where they're to... like, what art can't be politics? That's not how it works. Ugh God. If we can talk but, about But it ta- does. <laughs> we can talk about film snobbery and the decompression. I, I got a film snobbery yeah. story to tell. Oh, I'd love to hear. Yeah, yeah. But later. Yes, later. <laughs> we we still have news to get through. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. So I didn't know much about the BAFTAs. Um, like but didn't know they, they have an outstanding British film yeah. <laughs> award that they give out, which well, is interesting. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's because they want to highlight all the movies that get released in Britain, but they also want to highlight British film in, in general. And that's why right. Three Billboards qualified, because it's made yeah. by... I think it has just to be directed and written by British people. Yeah. I'll tell you what I was surprised about. Uh, Phantom Thread winning Best Costume Design. Over what? Um, over Shape of Water. 
the fish suit, Samuel. You're right. You're right. But you've seen Phantom Thread. I have not. Oh, actually. right. That's the one you. Yeah, you haven't seen that yet. Never mind. If you yeah. see Phantom Thread, you know why it deserves best costume. Okay. I mean, I figured it probably did just because of what the movie's about, you know? Yeah, like, I don't care about fashion. And I was like, these are beautiful clothes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll ha- I'll have to see it and then I'll then I'll come back and do the Michael was wrong dance. Yeah. It's o- um, it's okay. Not I just really like that fish suit, man. It's a very well-made fish suit. Do you know how complex that fish penis is? It's got a <laughs> flap. Exactly. The fish man co- it's a very good costume, but it is. It's understandable. It's they're very different things, you know? Right. Are, yeah. Do you award one costume or a movie of beautiful costumes? Yeah. I do definitely support Shape of Water winning for production design. Yeah. Production design in that movie was beautiful. Yes. Some some great great locations on that in that in that movie. Um and then Dunkirk won for sound and the BAFTAs which, actually yeah. only have one award for sound. Good. Good. <laughs> All we need. Sound design and mixing. No, not sound design. Sound. It's sound mixing and editing. Sound mixing and sound editing, that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, instead they just give it to four people or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um overall hand, a baby driver one for hand, editing. Yeah, which good. Yes. Fair. Deserves. Um Coco, best animated. It's not really a hard challenge to beat. It was a terrible yeah. year for animation. Yeah, it wasn't that good. I mean, loving Vincent pretty. That's that's the thing I appreciate about the BAFTAs. They didn't just nominate five movies to have five movies. They actually right. only nominated three movies that were worthy of it. Right. Where the Oscars exactly. are okay. We have uh, we have the breadwinner, Coco, Loving Vincent, and uh, Boss Baby, and the Farting Bull movie. <laughs> there we go. Just yeah, just throw them in there. Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya got a he got Rising Star. He got the Rising Star Award. Yeah, he's a which he's is a, a public voted award. But he deserves it. That's good. Yeah, he was going up against Timothy Chalamet. Um, mm, poor guy, poor Timothy Chalamet. He yeah. only has his entire career ahead of him. Such a such a lovable, just like a, just a lovable guy. Mm-hmm. Like just you, every now and then, a celebrity or an actor comes along, and you're just like, wow, I'm excited to see what they're gonna do. Good you for know? them. Good for them being so great. So that's that's the Baftas. You can look up the rest of them. I don't want to go too deep but i think they got it right you don't want to the cover the best film not in the english language awards no 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 no. (laughs) we can review that title (laughs) i just don't even know i i would talk about the foreign film category if i saw them you know yeah they're definitely worth acknowledging i just haven't seen them baftas i think they got it i think they got it right uh and you you should expect some carryover from the to the oscars I don't know about Three Billboards winning Best Picture, though. I still think Shape of Water might pull it out. Mm-hmm. We, we yeah, shall we'll have s- to see. I come. think that's the one that is going to probably be the most debated. It's there very soon. The Oscars yeah. will find out in we time. We will find out in time. Next, next in the news, baby. Michael. Moving right on. Michael, I was half yeah. right. I was half right. The Lion okay. King. The Lion King. Everyone, you you can stop doing your Samuel was wrong dance and start doing the Samuel was half right dance. It's a different dance than the Samuel's right dance. Because when we talked, I said, in the Lion mm-hmm. King remake, 
they have to keep Akuna Matata, Can You Feel the Love Tonight, and Circle of Life. If you right. don't have those in the new movie, people will riot. And I said, right. can't wait to be king and be prepared. Well, good songs, probably disposable. Right. I was half right in that uh, Be Prepared is gone. Yeah. And, but the other four songs are staying in the soundtrack for the movie. Yep. And there will be no new songs in the movie. The only new song will be for the end credits. Now, will it be – does that mean new songs not including the uh, Broadway musical? As far as we know, Elton John talked about it. He, he, Elton John was hired with, the, with his writing partner from The First Lion King to retouch the new songs. So yeah. we're going to hear altered versions of those four songs made for the talents of the new cast and all that. Right. So we're getting retouched versions of those four songs. And Elton also said he's only writing one new song. He wants to work on it with Beyonce. They're going to see if their schedules work out. So there mm-hmm. will be a new song. It will be written with it will be written by Elton John, possibly also with Beyonce. Cool. So that'll be fun. I'm disappointed though. Because the reason okay. I said you should cut Be Prepared and Can't Wait to Be King is replace those songs with new music. Because right. I still don't want this Lion King reboot. They're doing nothing to show that they're going to make meaningful changes to the original that will make it worthy of existing. And right. keeping all those four songs just proves my point more. The The only way that they could have improved was by adding new songs and adding to the story, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because they can't. I mean, you you can't take any anything away from that movie. You know? Yeah, like it's yeah, you know, arguably perfect. I still so, think they should just adapt another Shakespeare play. Right. Do do Macbeth, but with Lions. tigers. King Lear. Adapt something new. Because I love yeah. that first Lion King movie. There's there's nothing to improve upon, and I get it. Oh, it's it looks really it looks pretty and different, but it doesn't. I don't care how it looks. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the last thing I care about in the Lion yeah. King. I would say the thing I'm probably most excited for about this movie is just the new voice acting yeah. choices. Like but that's it, all I'm excited for. But it's the same argument I say to people who say, "Oh, the Greatest Showman's not that good a movie, but the music is so but great." The music makes it amazing. No, it's still not a good movie. <laughs> the album is on Spotify. Then right, yeah. Don't make a new Lion King movie. Hire these guys and have them do an album. <laughs> Right, yeah. Make a tw- make a thirtieth anniversary album with Donald Glover and Beyonce and all those people doing the songs. Do right. that. Do that. It's don't, cheaper don't. and it will not require me to watch the same movie, but pretty pictures. But also, it's like they're gonna make money off of this no matter what. Oh, I, you know? I know, I know. It's so gonna, why this, not? This movie's <laughs> gonna make a billion and a half dollars, and then the and then the, the John Favreau's gonna get to make a Star Wars movie, and everyone will yep. clap. <laughs> I actually would like to see Yay. John Favreau do a Star Wars movie. <laughs> he could do a good job, I think. I, th- I mean, he's a, he's a talented director. They should have given him solo. They should have given anyone solo. Actually, no, they shouldn't have made solo. Yeah. Who's oh, going man. to do the Kessel Run? Michael, did you see it? He's doing the Kessel Run. Yeah, the only thing about that movie that I'm still not, like... Because here's the thing, is I, like, rewatching the trailer, it looks like it's going to be visually a pretty good movie, you know? So it was every like, Star Wars movie. Right, right. So that's, like, you know, that's something that there's... I don't have much worry for. However, I, I think I found the thing I'm most concerned about is I'm not sold 
on the guy who's playing Han Solo. I'm not sold on him quite yet. Oh, the Eichenreich. Yeah. With Ehrenreich, but yeah. Uh, yeah, like I, he hasn't. We haven't seen enough of him to like show me that this is gonna be a Han Solo movie. You know? I don't think you're gonna buy it until the until the movie comes out. Did you see the Cause, trailer cause... I sent you? That someone someone cut the Solo trailer to the "I'm Han Solo" song from Star Wars Connect. I I, I saw that you sent me that. I don't think I watched it. It's though. it's it's pretty. It's pretty. It makes the trailer a lot better. I bet that song makes anything better. Yeah, did, did just I don't want to. There's nothing in this. What can they add to make Han Solo cooler? Or make me care more about Han Solo. He was already the best part about the movies. His character yeah. arc was complete, and then they completed it again in Episode Seven. Yeah, he's going to meet you, but he's going to meet you, Baka, for the first time. I don't care. I think <laughs> it's cool that Han Solo and Han Solo's best friend is just this hairy monster. Yeah, we don't need why to know can't, why. Why can't that just be it? I don't want it. I don't want it. But I'm going to have to see it because the old gypsy woman told me I had to see it. <laughs> she said that I was going to find the love of my life there. I have to see every nerd culture movie or I'll die. So <laughs> I don't have a choice in this. But you audience rules. do. Don't see Solo opening weekend. Why not give it a chance? See it on its second weekend if your friends tell if your Star Wars friends don't walk out of the theater weeping. Right, exactly. If I, if I walk out of the theater pleasantly surprised and you have permission to see it, but don't yeah. encourage Lucasfilm to keep doing this to to keep making these decisions. Do you remember <laughs> what happened when we learned everything about C3PO and R2D2's past? What if they do that for every character? <laughs> when did Han oh Solo have heat vision? Why didn't he always use his heat vision? Yeah. Michael, am yeah. I crazy? Are you are you not excited? Are you actually excited for Solo and you're just going I'm along not ex- with my shirt? I'm charade? not like excited. I'm just like I I don't know. I'm very conflicted about the movie in general cuz it's like part of me wants to be like excited for this movie because it's like oh it's han solo like we're getting more han solo you know that's exciting but then the other part of me is like but we don't need it you know and it's and there's so many things that have already gone wrong that (laughs) it's like don't give me this movie if you're not gonna give me something that's gonna be you know at least entertaining but did you see how but did you see how cool donald glover looked as lando carizian that listen that's what i am excited for yeah because he looked anything anything that man does i'm just he didn't say a word in the trailer and everyone's like oh look at them so look it's so good that smirk though just like that (laughs) was beautiful (laughs) good smirk good a good a good smirk from donald glover got that thick smirk oh yeah he's got that that nice uh atlanta smirk (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Solo comes out on May twenty fifth. <laughs> go, go see it if you have to, like us, old but gypsy woman. If you don't, wait a week. Wait a week. It's and, fine. And wait until the, like, the ones like us who have to see this movie tell you to. Or this not. is the movie that could kill Kathleen Kennedy's career and reshape Lucasfilm as we know it. Or not her yeah. career. This is the movie that has a very good chance of getting Kathleen Kennedy fired. Also, I'm not if it's good, it's not a, it won't be a problem. No. But if I don't think this movie people are putting people have so much stock in Han Solo. If you think the rebellion against the Force against uh, the Last Jedi was bad, 
Oh, if this movie's oh, terrible, oh, you got a you got another thing coming. Oh, uh, I want to know. <laughs> this is gonna be a whole another fucking shitstorm. Let's do a fun story before we before we go back to our old friends. Oh our, yeah, our best friends, Michael McDonald's. They're bringing Szechuan sauce back. Oh, oh boy! That meme that everyone definitely cared about. <laughs> that meme that definitely didn't get overdone very, the, very quickly. The meme that made the Today Show mention Rick and Morty and completely misrepresent it to their entire audience of forty-year-old women. Yeah, you may yeah. not have heard, but you said Rick and Morty, Szechuan sauce. What is this show? You shouldn't let your kids watch Rick and Morty. They really ruined it. The Szechuan sauce meme—it was dead before it came out the first time. Yeah, like listen. The Szechuan sauce like thing was, first of all, happened way, 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 way earlier. Yeah, because they released that episode in April. As April in April, and then the joke died down, and they brought yeah. it back. Because that, very... that was it was like the the real fans, like the people who were actually like into Rick and Morty. They watched the thing and they were like, "Oh, haha, that's a funny joke." Like they understood what it was for. Yeah, you know, they were like, "Oh, I get it. It's." comedy rick's origin doesn't matter so much it might as well be sauce right it might as well be some random fucking sauce that mcdonald's did and yes cool yeah such one sauce was probably good you know that'd be cool to eat it but we didn't lose our minds about it you know we didn't we didn't get that that like testosterone boost that the fuck boys have where they're they just need to scream everything you know? i was thinking mildly it'd be really funny if mcdonald's brought this back but i don't care i was like i could go my entire life without eating szechuan sauce it'd be cool if i got a chance to try it but i could go i could die happy not eating szechuan sauce so the mcdonald's they brought the sauce back they comically they comically mishandled it to the point where some stores only got 12 packets total of the sauce and also they were so shamelessly trying to hop on the rick and morty train like the art on the sauce packet was little goofy sci-fi characters looking through a portal Mm, wonder where that came from yeah interesting it's they they were and they they did not pay adult swim for a cross promotion like nope. they just did it all themselves shamelessly trying to hop on that millennial juice they yeah. botched it so much then the rick and morty fans not the real ones the the shitty ones who don't get that rick is the villain yeah jumped on counters and yelled at poor minimum wage mcdonald's workers it was faked seizures just it's bad things it was so embarrassing as a fan of the show to watch oh yeah it didn't turn me off from the show. I can appreciate it that much, but oh. Right. So then the sauce goes away. It's a whole debacle. McDonald's has egg on their face. Royland and Harmon are like, "We didn't do this, but please don't be mean to the McDonald's workers." <laughs> and then it dies away. No one cares. And then this nope. week, McDonald's says the sauce is coming back. Oh this, boy! As you're hearing this episode, you can go to a McDonald's right now and get some sauce. Mm-hmm. On it comes. It's coming out Monday. 20 million packets this time. Mm. It's going to run for, I guess, a month, and then and then it's gone. It's out of here. I'll probably get some. I don't know. <laughs> I will. I probably will. Just to try it out. Gonna... Yeah, right. Not because I'm like, – I care. Yeah. But because why not? Yes. Let's see if it was worth degrading the entire public perception of one of my favorite shows. Let's see if it was, if it was really worth all that. Yeah. 
destruction of the of the fan base. Yeah. There there is a podcast called The Sauce that you can subscribe to right now. It's three episodes. They did it with the Onion and uh, I think they did it with AV Club, and they broke mm. down the history of the sauce and also McDonald's who produced this podcast talked about how poorly they mishandled it on their own podcast that they paid for, which, you know, I give them props for. Yeah, respect. Respect to that. But if we're being honest, they could have never brought the sauce back and no one would care. Exactly. Anyone yeah. who cares has much bigger problems to deal with. Yeah, or or not, probably. It's probably yeah. honestly the opposite of that. They don't have any problems to deal with, so... This is their they, problem. So this is their problem, <laughs> is Szechuan sauce. Ugh, yeah. Okay, and then the last news story. Yeah. Michael, I don't like talking about them. I really don't. I don't like talking about them this way. But the thing is, Marvel keeps a tight ship. Bad news doesn't leak out of Marvel. Not saying their movies are always good, but they... They they make the movies in such a way that there aren't leaks about how much of a shit show everything is. Yeah, that things are going bad. So this week, so first there were the the first test screenings of Aquaman started, and people said to some people, "Hey, we saw Aquaman at a test screening, and it was really good." Keeping in mind, while that isn't certainly bad news to hear, we have to keep right. in mind that early reactions to Suicide Squad were good, to yeah. Batman v Superman were good. Yeah. And if there's a very long-running joke in Hollywood, like, if you talk to any director, they will tell you how much they hate test audiences because they're Mm -hmm. the dumb. Test audiences are somehow the dumbest people in the entire world, and Mm. they are able to make drastic changes to a movie. Yeah. So it's certainly good to hear that a group of people who have shown themselves to be the dumbest people in the world like a movie. Right. But that means it's it's at least a five. Yeah, you know? and I'm not. And Aquaman is the movie I'm least worried about since Wonder Woman because you have James Wan making it. Yeah, I wanted to talk about a little bit of good DC news before we you talk wanted. about this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Segway pun. The keep the idea that we're, we're not biased against DC, and I'll say it again. I want these movies to be so good. Yes, DC. Lo- listen, when it comes to comics. I am much more of a DC fan than a Marvel fan. Like The Long I Halloween only... changed my life. Oh yeah. And listen, even when it comes to like animated movies, still DC always has the better ones. Like just the characters in DC are better in yeah. my opinion. Which but is why it's so sad that these just movies made are terrible movies. <laughs> yeah, these movies they're so bad. And I don't want them to be good. bad. I want good movies. I know. I want, I want it. to be able to enjoy a Batman movie and a Justice League movie, but they just they don't do it right. They yeah. don't do the thing like they're supposed to. Here's the bad news we have to talk about. Joss mm-hmm. Whedon, he did the Avengers, he did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, he did Dollhouse, yep. he wrote Cabin in the Woods. If he's on a movie, you can have some faith in it. Right. Joss no, Whedon, not- when he came into DC, they said, Joss Whedon's doing a Batgirl movie for us. And then a few All weeks right. later, the tragedy with Zack Snyder happened. And Joss mm-hmm. said, and they said, but Joss is bringing coming in to do the reshoots. Now this is fueling into some fan speculation that because now Joss Whedon is no longer making a Batgirl movie, and he said he didn't have a story to tell. Uh, uh, it was really hard. He tried to crack it, but he he wants the project of the right Helmer. You know all the nice things you say when you leave a movie. Right. This is fueling the speculation that this Batgirl movie probably didn't exist. Yeah. And it was just a cover to bring Joss Whedon in because, as we talked about a few weeks ago, Zack Snyder was actually fired from Justice League 
but they let mm-hmm. him have a more graceful exit than having to fire him. So this is this is fueling a ton of speculation that Whedon, the Batgirl movie never existed. It was a cover to bring Whedon in, so when Zack Snyder was fired, they could put him into Justice League, saying, "Oh, he's already here. He'll just do a little bit of a little bit of right. work for us." Yeah, and now, but there have been people speculating, and this is just another instance of, do we not learn from our mistakes? What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. People are saying, "Oh, we need a director for the Batgirl movie. It should be a woman." Okay, good. I'm I'm yeah. with that. Let right. Greta Gerwig do it. <sighs> Greta Gerwig. We talked about this last week. Greta Gerwig has made one very good movie. Mm-hmm. I like that movie a lot. But just because you make one good movie doesn't mean you should get thrown into the realm of tentpole films. Just uh, do we not learn from our mistakes, people? Ava Duvernay. So. Ava Duvernay. She has made a ton of very small good movies. Give her a, yeah. a big temple. James exactly. James Gunn, who did Guardians, he made yeah. a ton of indie movies. He really mm-hmm. like he he built his skill as a director. Then he yeah. got a big temple. Taika Waititi. Yeah, Taika. This is the lots of really great smaller movies. Because what happens when you when someone makes one small good movie and then gets a blockbuster? That's how we got Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. Exactly. <laughs> That's how we got Colin Trevorrow's Jurassic World and then almost Colin Trevorrow's Star Wars 9. Oh, no. That's yeah. Because when you hire a small director who made one good movie, you don't know what else they can do. Because Colin exactly. Trevorrow made one good small movie. You don't know if they're consistent. <laughs> and then his next small movie was The Book of Henry. <laughs> Greta Gerwig has been a writer in Hollywood for ages. I would love for her to... To write a Batgirl movie. I'd be excited yeah. for that because she's right. proven her, she's proven herself to be a good screenwriter. Lady Bird was the first movie she directed. She co-directed another movie. But let Greta Gerwig direct two or three more movies before we talk about giving her Batgirl. Because there yeah. are a dozen qualified female directors who have been working their asses off in Hollywood right. for years. Who, would do- who are way more practiced. And qualified for a because that's how that's i mean that's where qualification comes from in hollywood is literally like working experience working your ass off getting your hours in and proving yourself greta gerwig is i love lady bird so much it is my fourth favorite movie of the year i can't remember my own rankings Mm -hmm. but i don't want greta to go into tent poles yet right because it you need to learn how to uh, to be a director and she did it once very well Two yeah. or three more times, then Batgirl. Then calm boom, down, then give it to her. Calm down, internet. Just remember, for every Russo brothers, there's a Colin Trevorrow and a Josh Colin Trank. Trevorrow and Josh Trank. That in mind, okay, that's DC Comics. Yeah. Anything to say, Michael? That's... I felt like I just ranted. It's their, it's their year. It's their year. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's this. You know, it's funny. I think I can't. I can't remember what bank it is, but it's one of the banks up here in New York. They have an ad campaign going on right now. Where it says this is the year, <laughs> and every time I see it, I just always think of our our good friends at DC Comics. DC Comics, they're just yeah. they're doing such good jobs. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> that's it. Now, what do you want to talk? The news. What? Do you, what? That's the news. All of it. All the news. All, of, all the news. We handled it all. You don't need to listen to anything or watch anything else today. It's we got it all. That's all you need to know. All the news. Now, Michael, what movie do you want to talk about first? Um. Let, oh, wow. Let's do. Let's I feel do like, I feel like we should do D. game night first. Yeah. You'd like. Okay. Game night. Uh, it's a comedy. Yep. If you've seen any comedy, you know exactly how the story is. 
a, a good comedy. Yeah, it's a, it's a well-made comedy. I would not have seen Game I would not have assigned Game Night, let's say. I made a scene, uh-huh. I might have seen it because I have movie pass and, you know, I need, I need to kill two hours. Right. I would not have assigned Game Night to Michael for this podcast had the directors not been directing what is supposed to be the next DC film to go into production. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing I forgot. Batgirl and Flashpoint are the next two DC films to go into production, and one wow. of them doesn't have a director now. Ugh. But anyway, Flashpoint does have directors, and they are the directors yeah. of Game Night. Now, what I was looking yeah. for in Game Night is uh, we know these guys, they wrote some good stuff, but they also directed a bad movie. Yep. But maybe they learned, and they learned how to make a good movie. And I yeah. think Game Night, it's, 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 it's fine. You know, it's, yeah. I had some laughs. I enjoyed myself. Oh, yeah. I don't know, though, if I have faith in Flashpoint, though. Yeah. Like, that's the thing about comedies nowadays, especially, is, like, you can pretty much just, like, all you can really ask for is just to be entertained, you mm-hmm. know? Like, you don't go to a, a, a movie that's a comedy for the story, except for Get Out, apparently. Um, <laughs> but you don't, you don't go to see, you know, good storytelling or good directing or whatever. Like, you go, you go to have a good time and to laugh and enjoy yourself you know and that's what happened as long as a movie makes as long as a comedy makes you laugh you can forgive its weaknesses right now you do get your mean girls and your 21 jump street every once in a while which are every now and then well constructed stories well paced movies that are laugh out loud funny yeah Yeah. game night is not that though game night is no it's passable uh, it hits all the story beats. There's not really much to spoil in this movie, you know? Something I did respect, which I think is something that does contribute to what makes a good comedy and a bad comedy, is they didn't try to, like, tiptoe around the fact that the story was very predictable, mm-hmm. you know? They like, just... they definitely, like, acknowledged it, which was good. Yeah, they were just like, hey, you know, you're, you're here for the laughs. Is right. it? Now the pre- so if uh, our quick little mini review, if you were thinking, if you like the trailers for for Game Night, and you and your and you and your lady or or guy or guy, we don't discriminate here. Mm-hmm. If you and your significant other like, hey, we just want a nice night out, nothing too heady, nothing that makes me rethink what even is life or reality or molecular yeah, structures. That's not gonna just you fuck your brain. You won't get that out of game night. Just it's a nice time out. You won't regret it. You won't feel ripped off. I recommend yeah, you see you'll game laugh. night. Yeah. You'll you'll laugh. You'll say aw a few times. You yeah. Know? It's game night is what it needs to, it's what you expect it to be. Yep. It does the job else. of a comedy of making you laugh. There is some really good humor in this movie which we'll touch on in, sure. spo- in spoilers, but you know I think I give it a thumbs up. For it's, sure, it's a. Six that's how we. A... Could, that's how we should rank comedies on on this show. Is is not not the usual ranking system. Just thumbs up or thumbs down or thumbs sideways. Yeah, like I could put it on the bell curve, but it's it's. It, if I'm judging it on story points, then it's a five. Yeah, but that doesn't matter because the important thing of a comedy is the is comedy. That. Yeah. Right. So, so definitely a thumbs up. I give it a thumb. I give it a thumbs up. We're 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 the modern Siskel and Ebert. Oh yeah, thumbs up. Culture vacuum for game night. If I had to throw it on the bell curve, it's in the five to six and a half range, somewhere in there. Yeah, that's what I'd say. I'd say yeah, like a five five and a half. Maybe I didn't regret spending two hours watching it. Right. Anyway, let's talk about the spoilers for game night. I guess spoilers. (laughs) Oh God, what's 
uh, that blonde fella. I don't know his name. He's in ev- he was in... He's in everything. Yeah. I to, let me get He his... was hilarious. He cracked he... me up. I do know that... And I'm kind of upset that I don't remember his name, but he does have a theater background because he was... He won a Tony, I'm pretty sure, for Vanya, Sonia, Masha, and Spike, mm-hmm. which was in, like, 2012, maybe. Okay, his name is um, Billy Magnuson. Yes, he Billy is, Magnuson. He's been he in was a in... ton of stuff. Like, he was... Into the Woods. Yeah. He's also... He was also in that show, uh, Friends from College, the Netflix yep. one. Yep. He, yeah. He's just... He's been in a ton of stuff, and... Mm-hmm. He, I don't know if like he just he he must have the greatest agent in the entire world. He's got to. Yeah, he He's was getting a lot of work. He was also in Ingrid Goes West, which uh, I, yeah, which is a pretty good movie from last year. He was good. He was he was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, he's not like the Australian, like every, like, you know, every few years there's a new Australian actor who like, this is your new movie star, Ruby Rose, get out there. It didn't work out with the, with, with the, with, who is the guy from Transformers Genesis? That guy. He's, didn't work yeah. out with him. Ruby Rose, you're next. You're, you go. Yeah, no, Billy Magnuson, I, he hasn't done anything in a movie and like, wow, this guy's, this guy's one to watch, but he's good. He's good. I'd say, I'd say he probably had the most lines that made me laugh in the movie. Yeah, because he, he played, he's a dope, but he's also a Harvard graduate, apparently. <laughs> Not important. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, Jesse Plemons, though, by far the best part. Jesse Plemons, he just plays this, this square guy and he just speaks in this yeah. monotone, analytical. Oh my God. Gary, good old Gary. No, he was hilarious. He probably had me laughing the hardest. I would yeah. say the the, um, the story of game night. There's this game night going on. I don't know why I'm. Yeah, this, if this is the spoilers, group of friends. If this is the spoilers section, you know what the you've seen it or you don't care. Yeah. Well, the let's gr- for people who don't care. Friends, yeah, right. And, and they, they they like games, they but just, but really they just like each other, and you know. But they have this tradition of doing game night. Yeah, it's just they're and a couple. They're they're a group of couple friends, and yeah. they play games with each other, and it's a fun time for all to be had. Yeah, and the main and it, couple and it covers all of your. It covers all of your um, your your stock couple characteristics. You know, we have the the couple that's been together the longest. You know, and then you also have you have the the guy who who just can't find the one who always brings a new girl every night. And then um, the one and you have the the main couple. Yeah, the main couple is Rachel <laughs> McAdams and Jason Bateman. Great chemistry. Rachel McAdams. Oh, I love Rachel McAdams so much. Oh, she's so good. Yeah, she and and then Jason Bateman, solid as usual. Solid. Played Jason Bateman. He's in my dad's favorite show of all time, Ozark. Yeah. The Netflix show. I don't know if it's favorite of all time, but I didn't like not, it. Not um not Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Also Arrested Development. I couldn't buy – Ozark is a straight-up drama. It's not a comedy at all. And I was watching it. I could not buy into Jason Bateman as a as the next Walter White. A serious White. person. Because if you watch Ozark, they want Jason Bateman to be the next Walter White. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he could do that. Yeah, but I did – he's good in this. He's always good. I don't think I've ever seen Jason Bateman be bad in a comedy. Right. Yeah. And then Kyle Chandler – Kyle Chandler was also pretty great. Also, nice little Jeffrey Wright cameo as well. Mm-hmm. That was good to see him. Michael C. Hall wasn't <laughs> at the end. Yeah, that was a, that was a surprise. Although the best joke by far was Denzel. Oh yeah, like, for sure. The one the Denzel joke. Yeah, because when when they first started doing that flashback, the guy they got to play Denzel looked a lot like Denzel. And I'm like, oh, they got the real Denzel for the flashback, and yeah. then. 
they'll show him to be a fake that no it was the fake denzel the no, whole time it was fake denzel the whole time because he I, always I thought the same thing because he always was, looked a little off and then also the fact that she was like i offered to pay for drinks and he was like and he let me and i was like okay not denzel <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just that was, uh, that was what did it that was by far the best joke weird movie choices i don't know why there were three establishing shots that were miniatures i guess it was like they're like games yeah samuel <laughs> but it was also because it's revealed at the end of the movie that the neighbor orchestrated everything and he had a bunch of miniatures in his basement yeah but i i don't know it felt like them trying he played to be... a game with them samuel it felt like they were trying to be directors. What if we had this aesthetic where we build miniatures of the neighborhood and then we sweep over establishing shots? I don't yeah. know. It was, it was kind of, yeah. It, like, that's what it was and what it felt like. It was just they were like, okay, we could just have these be normal transitions or we could put our directing flair on it. You but know? the problem was not all of them were miniatures. There were only three in the whole movie. Yeah. And you know what I will say, directing wise, was pretty great. That uh, the egg tossing, the keep away scene, that long shot. Yeah, that was that done was well. Pretty good. Yeah, that was that, that was, was well done. Yeah, I mean, they didn't obviously do it in one shot, but it just it in was that, good at in that nice uh, Ansley Park house in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh yeah, talking about movies from Atlanta, uh, they yeah. don't pretend it's a different city. They don't. What they do is they do what a lot of movies do, which is just not tell you it's Atlanta and not. They just don't name the city. But yeah, there they are don't mention where it is. Jesse Plemons does have a APD badge on his uh, on his arm. Mm-hmm. It does have the and Phoenix the cop car is an Atlanta Police Department. Yes, cop car. yeah. So they don't say this man Atlanta, what a place. But they don't hide it either by saying right. Museum of Great Britain. <laughs> Museum of Great Britain, also known as the, the High, High Museum, <laughs> the most recognizable building in Atlanta. <laughs> So it's always good to see, always good to see those Atlanta landmarks. Oh yeah, I'm glad they. I'm glad they got to evade taxes and not shoot in L.A. Good for them. Right. Good for them. Good. Good job. Good for you. You saved some money. (laughs) There's really not much to say though, other than you know, it's it's a good time. It's a good time if you're if you're looking to just have a good night out. You know, with with some buddies or are with you a gal done seeing Black Panther for the fourth time? Yeah, go go see Game Night. Yeah, it's 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 a thumbs up, thumbs up. It's a it's a thumbs up. It's a solid thumbs. That's Game Night. Now let's get into the real business. <laughs> oh God. Woo. Okay, so I'm Annihilation Man. <laughs> we were planning on so when I said at the beginning this was going to be a one review episode. It was because Annihilation was coming out, and I wanted to see mm-hmm. it. We weren't going to see Game Night, but then the Flash directors. But this is the movie I was I wanted to see, because yes. I slept on Ex Machina. The only reason I oh, watched yeah. it is because my favorite podcast, Hello Internet, said we're going to do Ex Machina in the next episode. Mm-hmm. So that I said, oh, I have to watch it. So it was on Amazon. I think it's still on Amazon if you want to watch it. It should be. But mm-hmm. Ex Machina, Alex Garland's first movie, it's great. Oh yeah. It's it's a super solid movie. For so sure. naturally I had very high hopes for Annihilation. I need to see it again. But I do too. But we got I gotta figure out that tattoo, Samuel. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. But again, doing no spoilers. I didn't like it as much as Ex Machina, I don't think. But it's it's such a 
a thinky movie that I might, after yeah. my second viewing, end up liking it more than Ex Machina. But I, right. I, re- I really liked it, though. Yeah. I think, I think definitely the first, first seeing was, like, it's just a very, like, mentally, I think, straining movie. So you really, like, have to... You like the entire time while you're watching the movie, you're you're searching your mind for explanations and thoughts and whatnot mm-hmm. to sort of um, watch the movie. So I definitely feel like a second viewing is important, just because you get sort of all of you've gotten all of the the mental like brain farts that they've thrown at you out of the way, and mm-hmm. you can really just sit and analyze it. But yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a good movie. Um, like I, I was saying this to Samuel earlier. I think the most confused I've been walking out of a theater since Inception. Let's talk about plot and then cast. Uh, Plot-wise, Natalie Portman, she's an ex, she's ex-military, and now she's a biology professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, her husband is Oscar Isaac, and he Oscar Isaac. he went missing a year ago on this mission. He, she didn't know anything about the mission, and then she, he shows back up. Yep, and something's out of wrong. Nowhere. Something's up, and but then, he's different. Yeah, but he's yeah, and then she goes to this this place called area x and she mm-hmm. sees there's this there's this ana- there's this anomaly called the shimmer yeah. and it looks like a giant soap bubble yeah that's what i was thinking the entire time i was like it's it's like a soap bubble yeah it landed i think in florida or south carolina like somewhere on the coast yeah and then it's just been getting bigger and bigger and bigger everything they send in nothing comes out except yep. oscar isaac and yeah. they don't know what the hell's happening but they know that if they don't stop it it's going to eat up the whole country so they need to get to this lighthouse where it started and stop it and fix it yeah and yeah. that's that's all i'll say yeah that's that's the plot <laughs> well we'll go through the cast uh you got yeah. natalie portman who is mm-hmm. already great yep she's just i love natalie portman didn't didn't need to prove anything and didn't yeah, she Addy. was like she was. She, she delivered. She was she she was Natalie Portman. She was good as she always is. What we expect from Natalie Portman. Jennifer Jason Lee also, who has yep. had a bit of a resurgence lately since Hateful Eight. Since Hateful Eight, for sure. Yeah, she was. Yeah. I liked her character a lot. She was just like this hard ass, but she wasn't like your traditional hard ass Hollywood woman. Right. Like you could always tell there was something more to her. Yeah. Which you find out later. No spoilers. Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin being very yeah. different. <laughs> being very, very, very different. Yeah, yeah. And then also Tessa Thompson. Oh, I think I'm... Yeah. I think she's my new, my new, my new, my new lady crush. You know, like couples, they like, okay, you can't cheat on me except with these four celebrities. Yeah, it's like... I put you... Tessa Thompson on my list of four celebrities. Should the opportunity arise, she's right. my hall pass. That's fair. I think that's, that's fair, the less cre- that's the less creepy way to frame it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, good cast. Good, good. It's just good sci-fi, and that's so refreshing yeah. to see. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that. That's I think the biggest takeaway from this is that it was just it was just a good sci-fi movie. Yeah, you know, it's, which we haven't had in a minute. It's it's not just sci-fi of like, look at this beautiful world we've constructed. It's sci-fi that gets into your brain. The biggest breath of relief after watching Cloverfield Paradox, I would say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is what Cloverfield Paradox wish it could be. Oh yeah, definitely. It yeah. was it was good. It was is it des- a good movie. I describe I it, it. I describe the end of it as it's a movie shaped penis that fucks your brain. And that's very accurate. 
I was like, I was dumbfounded after this. Like, I've calmed down a bit since, but leaving the theater, I was so disoriented and just, I was like, (laughs) I like, I texted somebody, or we were walking out, and I was like, I looked at Patrick, and I was like, I, I think we just saw a movie. (laughs) I think that's what we just did. (laughs) Like, I, I texted somebody. I was like, I don't know what just happened, but I'm pretty sure. I saw a movie. I'm a Rick and Morty so, fan, so I'm pretty... So you understand most most sci-fi things more better than other people because of your bigger brain. Yeah, because I, I have a 230 IQ as a Rick and Morty fan. That you just... That's the base level you it's have the to base have level. So, like, as a Rick and Morty fan, and Morty. I consider myself a pretty smart person who gets, the, who gets jokes. Right. Like, I, got, I, I understand all the jokes in Rick and Morty, so I'm really smart. Exactly. And I was very confused by this movie. Yeah, it was it was it was just a lot to just like it's definitely one of those movies that people are going to have theories and people are going to debate about the ending and whatever, you know, which is good. And I think is important mm-hmm. to the culture for a sci fi movie. You know, this is um, almost like it's it's sort of like Devilman Crybaby pilot where you just drop it on people. Yeah, like this will be just fu- sort of like here, like somebody somebody was asking me because they were like I was talking to them about it. And I'm like, yeah, it's just really weird and confusing and they were like well what's it about and i was like natalie portman goes into a bubble in the woods and then they were like cool and i'm like yeah that's all i'm gonna tell you but it's <laughs> Go not see even the movie a, it's not even about the bubble in the woods it's about it's the. Not. it's because like all good sci-fi the concept of the world it's in is very mm. intriguing but what's even more intriguing is the themes it explores Right. And that's good sci-fi. Not just exactly. we made a we made a we made a spaceship and we go into space and weird shit happens. Uh, and then we explain it with science. Cloverfield paradox. <laughs> do better. Gives just me help. Do work harder. Now here's here's a question before we go into spoilers. This movie like Cloverfield Paradox, Net uh Paramount sold most of the rights to it. It's airing in theaters in the U.S., Canada, and China, but everywhere else it's going to be Netflix only. Mm. And the reason they Paramount did this is because they had no faith that they could market it overseas because the movie is so trippy. Right. They were afraid that if they put it overseas, no one would see it, and if they paid for an overseas marketing budget, no one would see it. And uh, I don't, I don't know because this movie, ne- I this is another movie that needs to be seen on a big screen. Definitely. And for every European billionaire who has a great theater system, most people are going to watch this on their tablet, if at all. Uh-huh. So I, I don't know, though, if Paramount made the right choice selling off this movie. Because it might have right. guaranteed them profitability, which is good, because it means yeah. that Alex Garland won't have a, a flop on his hands. Right. But I think it just it, – it degrades the experience of, of consuming this thing. I would say so, yeah. I would say not only – do you need to see it on a big screen? But I think in surround audio, I think is important as well. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess, you know, if, if people still take to this movie as strongly as they would if they had seen it in theaters, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think the numbers they were probably operating off of is Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. That was made for $15 million, made $36 million worldwide. So it probably lost a bit of money if it broke even. Right. Doing my... Hollywood math, my box office math in my head, but your smart, <sighs> smart Rick and Morty fan brain math. Yeah, but I, I would have liked it if they would, if they had had more faith in this and tried to push it more. Yeah, but, and that's that's something that I realized too is they didn't really market it 
much in the United States either. And the marketing they had marketed it as a horror movie. This is not a horror movie. <laughs> no. I mean, don't get us wrong. There's some definitely disturbing parts, but... It's not horror. It's, it's not horror, though. Yeah. yeah. But it, I think what Paramount saw is we can probably we're probably going to make 20 million dollars in the states if we're lucky our budget is i think 50 million also let's yeah. see what netflix will pay us for the international rights mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll make a little bit of profit in the states right. it is a shame that not everyone except americans and canadians and chinese people is going to get to see this movie as intended yeah but that's... i i also understand where they're coming from because when you look at the finances of Paramount, we talked about this in the Cloverfield episode, but when you look at the finances of Paramount's fiscal 2017, they had a comically bad year. They only yep. made up about 5% of the box office total in Not terms of the grosses their movies made. Number. Transformers underperformed a lot, which is good. Good. Yeah. I'm glad that happened. I love it when bad to sit, when people spend too much money on bad things and lose money on it. It's one of my favorite things to see happen. But I understand why Paramount was afraid to do this. Because when you have as bad a year as they did last year, you can understand why they had to – they think, hey, we don't believe in these movies. Let's try to make a little bit of profit on them. Right. Instead of taking the risk to try to make a big profit. While I do understand that, I think – I just wish they had done it with something else because as – We'll talk about it later when I talk about my my film snobbery rant. But yes, movies are is a business, but there's still art involved in it. Exactly, it's still an art form in it, in itself. You know? And like it's it's definitely turned into a business, but it always started off as an art medium. And- I'm the first person to argue the business sense of movies, but every, this is a movie that's so well made and is so artful that I'm mm-hmm. willing to say. Maybe you should take the business risk on it. Right, exactly. We'll never know. We're lucky enough to see it in theaters. If you're if listening you... to this in America, Canada, or China, probably not China, Firewall. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> if you're listening to this in those regions, uh, definitely see it in a theater. European Go folk, check it out. European folk, if you have a night, Europeans should watch it too, but mm. you're you're missing out. Sorry. Yeah. But at least you get to see it for free. Exactly. Get a projector, you know? A nice, big surround. Like, if you, can, if you can, replicate the theater experience as much as possible when you're watching this. For sure. Yeah. Spoilers, baby! All right. Okay, what's your biggest question coming out of this? Ah, man. What, um... I, I guess, like... I don't know. Here's my thing, is, like, my confusion is not necessarily about, like what happened in the movie but like the message i guess or the story that they're trying to like get across because it's like i understand the whole like anomaly thing you know it's it's this these beings that affect the dna of of everything and, and, it's, just and it's, sort it's of not they, just they just de- take apart things and just reconstruct them and they just you know they put it together and just it's a they're they're trying to create something, and the way they achieve that, since they have no logic, is they just try everything. They're just yeah, they're just putting this thing out there that's just gonna try a bunch of bunch of different combinations. It's almost like it's like super soldier type of like acceleration of like evolution, you know, almost yeah. where it's just like mutate everything 
until yeah. something works out, you know? Like, hey, deer with flowers in their antlers, do it. Yeah, why not? Pe- people turning into or plants that are growing into the type into people, but also people that turn into plants. Yeah, J- just do it. See yeah. if it works out. And the reason this isn't a horror movie is that, and Natalie Portman says as much in the film, but some of the mutations are horrifying, like the skull bear. Yeah, but others and, are uh, and the 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 shark crocodile. Yeah, but others are gorgeous. Right. Like the deer and the little fishies. And just the flower people. Yeah. Like, that. that's what I think was probably, probably the, not the most confusing, but definitely the most, like, boggling part of the movie was, like, you had this place where it's, like, there are these terrifying and crazy, insane creatures, but also you have, like, vines of flowers that grow in all different kinds of shapes and stuff and, and like, really beautiful moments, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, like... It's it's this interesting back and forth between, oh, this place is kind of beautiful, but also very, like, just unstable and chaotic, you know? And there's also the explorations of, like, Natalie Portman's past. Like, she cheated on her husband when she thought he was gone. So yeah. as she's going through a metamorphosis, quite literally, it's it, it's exploring her past. And, and I don't quite know how it all plays together. I'd be lying yeah. if I was pretending I knew everything about this movie. I'm still very confused about right. some stuff because when you get as heady as this film gets, mm-hmm. it's you just have to ju- to jump into it. Yeah, like like I was saying, the parts that are the most confusing about this movie are not in the plot; it's in the story. Like it's in what they're trying to tell and what they're trying to say and the message that they're that they're trying to put forward like like i was talking to i saw this with patrick um earlier today and we were talking afterwards about like maybe it's one of those pieces of art that you're just not supposed to get you know so it's like maybe they're going for the route of oh the confusion that you have after seeing this movie is the type of effect that we're trying to give you as you know the audience member the viewer yeah like i read i read some takes from other critics who said uh it's a it's it's an exploration of the of like destruction and recreation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's not it's like it's not saying because the shimmer is not all bad it's Mm -hmm. yes it created the nightmare bears but it also made those pretty those pretty deer and at the (laughs) end when she goes i don't know do you talk about the i want to talk about like as as each one of them gets picked off, yeah. and also the tattoo, the tattoo, <laughs> so God, the tattoo. As far as I know, Gina Rodriguez is the person who has this tattoo, and then yep. you see Natalie Portman has it in the flash forwards, but in the flashbacks mm-hmm. she doesn't have it, and right. then we don't see it grow on her or anything. It's just like cut from one scene to the next. Yeah, she has it and then doesn't have it, or she doesn't yeah. have it and then the next scene we see her and she has it. Like, yeah, I kind of like want to. I want to when I go and see this movie again, just like take a notebook and just like mark every scene who has the tattoo, mm-hmm. you know, or when we see it at least. It's showing like the shimmer. It doesn't just break down DNA; it breaks off everything, including everything. tattoo ink and yeah. memories. And the reason yeah. you think you're going crazy is because you have memories that may not be your own because it's breaking. It's literally breaking down and putting apart, breaking apart everything. everything. Yeah. And not only your own DNA and your own memories and your own whatever, it's also everything that's also in there with you. Right. Because it's – 
the shimmer is just playing with your genetics yeah. just it's make just something this, it's, new it's it's a two-year-old discovering play-doh for the first time combined with giving that same two-year-old every single color of play-doh in existence see what happens <laughs> you know what yeah. kind of color combinations can we get and all the deaths are interesting too no well not really there's all of them die, of course, mm-hmm. but the way that they get picked off is interesting. Like, the first one, she has a very typical death of, oh, she gets taken Attacked away by a monster. By a bear, yeah. But then the bear also has the ability – the bear was also given human vocal cords and is able to mimic human voice – yeah. Instead of growl. Or it's like it's while while the bear was killing her, they merged, they yeah. assimilated, and the bear got not only her voice but a bit of her memory as well. And yeah, it's just this tortured monster. Yeah. And then when the bear shows back up and kills Gina Rodriguez, I don't know exactly why what the poetic symmetry of it there is, but that scene when the bear shows back up is mm. so tense haunting just like crazy it's it's such a it was such a a smart i think just concept of having this this bear that can also that also in its in its growls is hidden this you know scream of agony from one of their past team members Mm -hmm. like that's just like that's you know definitely a part of this movie that is very much good horror yeah you know like that's some haunting shit right there and the other thing was uh, when we see the video camera footage of the fir- of the last team to go in with Oscar Isaac. Oh yeah, and they cut open. The- oh God, I'm just thinking about it now. Yeah, I w- That was like a hard. Th- I had to look away while watching that part. No. I was like, oh God, like just nasty. Yep. Same. Yeah. With, same with me. If that was. It's just not only are they getting broken down. Because they also – they become less distinguishable from each other. Mm-hmm. Like Natalie Portman, her drive is probably – because Jennifer Jason Lee is the one who goes and saying, we need to make it, we need to make it, we need to make it. And mm-hmm. then that gets copied into Natalie Portman. Right. And that's why she's so driven at the end, and that's why she's right. so manipulative. Like she, they all pick – they stop becoming individuals, and they mm-hmm. become the same person because that's what the Shimmer is doing to them. Right. And in test, and then like like Gina, like Gina Rodriguez, she mimics the last group to go in. She has their insanity, their mental breakdown. Yeah, it was very complex. I I could not imagine being a writer on this movie. Like, it was. I it's think gotta it was, be. It was just Garland. Wow. He adapted. There's a book. There's a loose trilogy of books mm-hmm. that this is based off of. Okay. Sorry, it's a trilogy of books there that this is based off of very loosely. Mm-hmm. This movie adapts the first one. Garland was the one who wrote the adaptation. Like he's an auteur. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he's he's the next Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, just like I think just the layering of this movie is mm-hmm. very very just like how much there is. And I think that's part of what plays into the confusion aspect of it is like you you think you just because of how layery it is mm-hmm. no matter how many layers you sort of can be like oh i get this one i get this one you're always like but is there another and i think th- i think it the story is vague enough to where you can sort of play around with that and like i said that adds into the whole culture of sci-fi movies you know and why i think this is such a great sci-fi movie is that 
it leaves a bit of mystery for fans to play around with and sort of see the different possibilities of yeah what happens and what could happen. And the death I want to touch on before we go into the talk about the ending is Tessa Thompson's because I think like the mm. way she dies, her death is like you know like she 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 self harms herself, right? And we see her like we see at the end of it we see her scars. And the scars are also turning into vines as she turns into a plant, a plant lady. Yeah. But she, she is the one who learns to accept it. Right. Because her own, like her own life has been such, has been so troubling that this is something beautiful for her, that she becomes a part of the system. Right. She says, you want to, she wants to, she wants to see it. You want to fight it. I don't want either of those things. Just accept this is happening. Right. And she embraces it. And the effect of, like, how you slowly see her turning into a plant person, but yeah. you don't really see it. Like, they still hide it from you. I it's really good. like It's that. really good. It's really good because you, you sort of notice it at first. I think it's like a – they do, like, a a shot from behind her of Natalie Portman, I think. And you see, like, her her arm and where it's – like, where the scars are. You see, like, a little bit of green, I think, poking out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then – you see her get up and you realize she's very like her veins have have like protruded a lot so you're like okay well something's definitely wrong you know with her biologically and then just you start to just slowly slowly but still very vaguely see these branches and vines coming out of her and i think it's very well done yeah it was a, um, it's, it was a good death yeah the vi- the visuals in this movie alone are great yeah just like take note phenomenal. justice league yeah, Jesus. Black Panther. <laughs> Black Panther had some good visuals in a different way, but they were well. I mean, it's like CGI. The CGI in Black Panther was iffy. Oh, yeah, some was good, sure. some was. Mm. Yeah, obviously, this movie didn't have as many effects as Black Panther, but the ones it did have were convincing. Good, yeah, yeah convincing. Uh, and then to let's... the point where we had to look away. <laughs> yeah, so let's get to the end. The ending. Yep. She gets to the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And then she finds what happened to her husband, where her husband got cloned. Yep. And then by, by one of these being things. Yeah, and you don't know if it was if they're like multiple of them or if like that's just what it does. The lighthouse right. makes people. Right. And then he kills himself with the, with the phosphorus grenade, and then she goes into the place where this meteorite crashed down, and then she mm-hmm. sees she sees uh, Jennifer Jason Lee down there. Yeah, like, she's uh, she's she's lost her mind. She's she's talking talking to herself. But she's also she's consumed gotta, whatever it is, and then she yeah. turns into the annihilation. Turns into the into yeah. the the big, the the fucking what is it the the little dream scope things or whatever. You're thinking kaleidoscope, the annihilation yeah. kaleidoscope, yeah, yeah, yeah. or but the, the outside of it, it looked like water and trees, like it was literally replicating Earth on its outside. Mm-hmm. Because again, like we know, the shimmer takes in everything, yeah, and just plays with it. So it and makes then sense. The inside looked like like this. <laughs> yeah, Michael's pointing to the to the. Cake. There's a, I have a tapestry that uh, yeah. we have a tapestry in my apartment that's uh, behind. Yeah, me in we're on Skype. Yeah, um, but it's but it, it it looks like a kaleidoscope type of thing. Um, uh yeah it's just very trippy very trippy it turns into this little silhouette mannequin thing that it mirrors natalie portman and it's not necessarily 
fighting her, but it's just it's combative. But yeah, it's like, like it's really it's really imitating in in the sense of like not just the physical aspect, but it's almost like it's trying to learn, you know, mm-hmm. by imitating. Um, which is interesting. Uh, which is another you know sort of sci-fi motif. I feel like that we get a lot. Yeah. And in this final conflict, Natalie Portman she takes a phosphorus grenade, and then she 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 sets it off, and then the the, the annihilation breaks down and dies, and then everything burns down. The shimmer goes away. The day is saved. Whoop de do. But at the end of it, she goes back to her husband and she says, uh, "You're not, not really her husband. Yeah, you're not Cain. You're something else created by the shimmer." Yep. And he goes, "And you're Lena." And she like nods. And, uh, and they, then the, you see their eyes. And they're both yeah, – they both have the same flickering eyes. Now, I think – I don't, I don't know what to think because on one hand, the Shimmer creature was lying about being Natalie Portman the whole time just to, just to gain their trust. But also right. she was in there for so long getting torn apart and toyed with by the Shimmer that a piece of everything was probably already in her when she got to that lighthouse. So right. even if she is, quote-unquote, the original, what even is the original? Because Exactly. Like, that's yeah, that's what I got at the end was, like, yeah. both of them, regardless of who they are or what they are, you know, they could either be the Annihilation or they could be the original copy. We don't know. And it, but I think yeah. the point is is that it, either one would have resulted in the same thing. Like know? Jennifer Jason Lee, she says, the reason I had to get there was because the person who started the mission won't be the one who finishes it. I need to be the one who finishes it when I get to that lighthouse. It's That's what happened in Natalie Portman, though. She was yeah. so changed that it didn't matter which one of them made it out of that lighthouse because right. they both have a piece of everything the Shimmer absorbed inside them. Right. It hurts my brain to think. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it was so strange walking back from this movie. Yeah. Like, I walk out. So first of all... I walk out of this movie and I feel the most disoriented I think I've ever felt in my life because mm-hmm. I'm just because it's a gloomy day here in New York and it's and it's just like there weren't any cars on the street and this was on 86th Street which is a pretty busy street and it was just so strange just the weirdest feeling I was just like I don't know what just happened like I felt like I was in a dream <laughs> yeah and then like <laughs> on the way back. I see like a Dior ad, I think, with Natalie Portman's face on it, and I'm just like, I I don't trust it anymore. <laughs> like I saw that face, and I was just like, Ugh. dude. But yeah. like, what even dude, is existence crazy. being? Like, I don't even know. Like, dude. Michael, everything's chaos. Yeah, you know. As a Rick and Morty fan, I'm very confused by this. Yeah, and that's... I'm really smart because I watch. Rick yeah, because we watch Rick and Morty, we know our stuff. We're really smart people. We, we have watch high it. IQs. Yeah, you can't compete with if us. If we didn't, we couldn't watch Rick and Morty and be fans. Yeah, you're we not a real Rick it. and Morty fan. You you yeah. have you have to have the basis, the most basic comprehension of quantum physics to even of, begin of to understand quantum physics. To even begin to understand Rick and Morty, you you just have to really be just smarter than the average person the average bear but the average skull-faced bear the average skull-faced demon woman crying bear and then Ugh. you still won't be able to get annihilation <laughs> you still won't understand it let's be honest let's be honest this is a good movie 
Oh yeah, it's a good if movie. You, if you think you understand, if you think you're smart enough to understand Fergie's choices for <laughs> for for the national anthem, good luck with Annihilation because it's it's harder than that. Annihilation, I I like it a lot. Yeah, well, what would you score it, Samuel? Or do you need to see it again? I think I need to see it again before I give it a score. Personally. Not understanding it entirely. Like, my first experience. Ex Machina's, like, I give Ex Machina a 9. Like, I really like Ex Machina. It's a great movie. I'm giving this an 8-5 now. But okay. if I go back and I see it and I get it more and I appreciate it more, my appreciation could boost it up to that 9. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I would agree with that. I'd I'd say for me, um, yeah, I think I'm hovering around a, an eight area. Yeah, you know, right now with not understanding a lot of it, but after I go and see it, that'll help either push it. Talking about it with you, like as it usually does, it definitely increases my appreciation because I'm able to have someone to bounce off with. Right. So like I get it a bit more, but I'm still not getting it. <laughs> yeah, I just need to, like I said, I need to go and see it where I'm not constantly trying to figure out what's going on yeah because because now i know what's going on like i understand and now you're able you know, to the, look the for... laws and the rules of the movie you yeah. know so now i can actually go and enjoy for the movie parts but yeah know? this is something i cannot wait to see again uh, mm-hmm. so yeah annihilation yeah. Go, go. Go check it out. Go see it again, because I hope you didn't Go listen. Go confuse yourself I hope for, you didn't listen for to the, two hours. I hope you didn't listen to the spoilers part of this movie with the, <laughs> without seeing it. That, that's bad. Why'd you do that to yourself? Yeah, don't do that. Go uh, use your VPN to access Netflix in a different country and watch it for free. Exactly. Do that. You know, then then come back and listen to the spoilers. Yeah. Then, then come back and, and, and join us in our confusion. Yeah, you can be one with us in the shimmer. You, we can all assimilate in a, in a maybe. That's what the movie's about, Samuel. It's just trying to unite everybody in confusion. Mm-hmm. Assimilate okay. the world with confusion. Let's let's get talking, baby. Let's oh, let's yeah. let's. This is the most needed decompression I've needed in a while. Oh yeah, De- decompression, everybody. Everybody just just take a minute to just breathe and. <sighs> You take it nice. It's okay. We made it. We made (sighs) it out alive. We did it. Okay. Let's talk about the decompression. Here's the story I wanted to tell this week. Yeah, you had your your Hollywood snobbery story. Okay, so here's my Hollywood snobbery. It's Hollywood snobbery combined with communism, which is an interesting cocktail. That's a yeah, that's that's quite the quite the concoction you got going on. Yeah, so there's this guy I went to camp with, and like when we were in, in, in at camp together, we were I don't know if we were friends. We were certainly friendly. He was a really cool guy. Mm-hmm. I I quite enjoyed him. And then yeah. he goes off to college. Uh, he gets into the with college communism, which is you know the most basic level of communism. It's the most yeah. arrogant level of communism. We're like, yeah, communism. it's the it's that new that new flower of like era of communism where you can only see the good things about it. You and know? you're not like, mm, let's, what's the problem here? <laughs> yeah. Listen. You haven't reached the point. It's, it's the point of, uh, it's the same era where like you start to understand and like get that politics are a thing. So you're like, huh, but I don't quite know where I, where I stand. Huh? I'll just listen to what my parents say. <laughs> I like the idea of communism. So let's, I like, it's the I greatest. like my mom. So, you know, whoever she likes, I'm sure I'll like it's yeah. It's that same level. <laughs> yeah. I'm a pretty leftist person in terms of the policies I support. And I don't want this to be about politics, Yeah, but 
I'm someone who's like, maybe socialized medicine isn't the worst thing. Now, if you don't like socialized medicine, fine. I'm not here to fight that with you because you're going to probably like what I'm about to say. I didn't know that communism meant you had to be a pretentious dickhead all the time. (laughs) Apparently, that's what it means. (laughs) Because this guy, he doesn't like the Marvel movies. Oh, boy. And on my post, I made a Facebook post because when I make fun of the DC movies and I stab at DC movies, I don't actually hate them. I want them to be good, but they're not, and I'm not going to tolerate right. It's It's BS. the equivalent of spraying the dog in the face with, with the water. It's like it's like bad you. I feel I need to rub in how terrible the D- the current crop of DC movies are. Not the Dark Knight again. I know the Dark Knight was very good. I, you're yes. very smart Different. to like the Dark Knight. Different thing, though. Yeah. We've the moved current... on. Dark Knight, it was over. <laughs> I need to rub the poop of how bad these movies are in the DC fans' face so that they can be like me and be like you and understand mm-hmm. we should not accept these movies. We right. shouldn't just re- resign and say, well, I don't like the Marvel movies, so I guess I have to like the DC movies and d- deny how terrible they are. No. <laughs> You we, sh- don't, we, sh- we, do, we do not have to sit and be sheep, people. We deserve we better than the current crop of DC movies. So I, my post was, hello, fans of DC movies. Black Panther just made more in four days than Justice League did in 13 weeks domestically. That is all. Yeah, facts. And then, then <laughs> College Communist replied. I'm not going to go through the whole thread. But the College Communist, uh, he, re- he replies with 50 Shades of Grey made more than Citizen Kane. Does that make the greatest movie ever? Not the point. <laughs> There's not- this thing called inflation, um, first even, of all. <laughs> but even with inflation, I pointed out, 50 Shades of Grey, uh, William Randolph Hearst, the movie was who Citizen Kane was criticized, had a huge smear campaign against it. Yada, yada, yada. And then I said, take the L. I'm rooting for these movies to be good. I love, them too- I love Batman too much, but I'm not going to pretend it's, it, it isn't trash. And then he's like, well, audiences are – well, the, the masses are too stupid to like anything good. They only see garbage. No, the Oscar movies – I think he's a Rick and Morty fan. <laughs> <laughs> the masses are too – because remember, when you think – and this all makes sense to me later. But he says that the masses, they don't know anything about good. They don't know – the masses don't know anything about quality. And then I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Get Out had the highest return on investment multiple of any movie in the past decade, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, get out was like a five million dollar budget and made two hundred and fifty million dollars worldwide. Those yeah. aren't numbers you see anyway. No, the Transformers movies consistently made less than the last one, including the Fifty Shades franchise. All those movies made less and less movie after movie. So clearly the American audience does have some sense of quality. These are right. quantifiable facts that bad movies yeah. make well, less you know, time over time. There's this thing called like artistic preference and yeah. artistic preference usually coincides with culture, you know, and culture is a very important part yeah. of the world. <laughs> so... And then he says and then his 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 conclusion though was Honestly, though, I'd be perfectly happy with no DC movies ever again if it meant there were no more Marvel movies. Superhero movies need to end. They're nothing more than a cash grab, like all these new Star Wars movies. My fireback, which he didn't respond to, but it's fine, was... uh, Important to uh, finish finish this. But I felt the need to rub salt in his communists when I said, I know capitalism is a foreign concept for you. But there literally wouldn't be money for art house films if superhero movies didn't exist. Exactly. Giant blockbusters are the insurance policy for indie films. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, take that, college communist. Anyway. 
you don't have to agree with me, but I just, this is the type of film fandom I don't like because you and I can agree or disagree on the quality of a movie. But right. when you, when you just straight up declare an entire genre of yeah. movies, they're also bad. It's like, okay, yeah, most of the Marvel movies are fine. Yeah. I think six of them now, if you count Thor, I think six of them are very good movies. I think mm. Thor Ragnarok's a great comedy. Sure, Civil War, some people like it a lot. I don't like it as much. And Civil War and Ant-Man, all those movies, yeah, they're, most of them are fine. Adequacy, as long as it isn't offensive adequacy, like Bright. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a bad thing, because these movies make a lot of money. And when they make yeah. it a lot of money, that means your little art house film. Call Me By Your Name would not happen if the studio that financed it, that distributed it, didn't have some blockbusters on their slate. Was it, wasn't it Sony? Yeah, they're Sony Pictures Classics. So, Sony, so okay. So, yeah. Homecoming funded yeah. Call Me By Your Name. There yes. you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marvel movie. Yeah. Marvel produced exactly. movie. Yeah. That's... You would not have gotten Call Me By Your Name, one of the best films of the year, if we hadn't had Homecoming. Yeah, wouldn't have happened. Now, and, but then, but then I, I thought about it, and then I was like, oh, it makes sense to me now why he's such a dick. Because when you're a communist, true communism means... Communism only works if you have a group of elites who know everything and are righteous and are never mm -hmm. wrong and always do the best thing for their people all the time. Right. Communism falls apart as soon as you get one dickhead in charge. Exactly. Once one dickhead as... <laughs> comes in who who's, who's decides to be a selfish prick, communism one Rick collapses. And Morty fan. One Rick and, it, takes. it takes one Rick and Morty fan Who's like, I'm going to use this to my advantage many, to ruin like everything. That's, a, that's, a, that's a, a, the beginning of a joke. How many Rick and Morty fans does it take to, to, to ruin a, <laughs> a thing? <laughs> to ruin a thing. Yeah. Karl One. Marx. Yeah, sure. Karl Marx was a pretty righteous guy. Karl yeah. Marx probably would have been able to do a good job leading a communist republic. But who would have taken over it after Karl Marx died? Would it have been another Karl Marx or a dickhead? Or a dickhead. That's or a, a Rick big and Morty fan. That's a big coin toss. That is. To take. Because yeah. when you think about it's it. high stakes, too. It's literally he, yeah, society. He, communism means you don't trust the people. You don't trust the mm -hmm. people to make their own decisions. And as a communist, he doesn't trust the people to pick good movies. So if he hears a movie has broad appeal, he automatically assumes it's bad. And th th it, That's got to be a scary way to live your life. It all clicks for me. And which is funny because clearly he did not see Black Panther because at no yeah. point in this argument did Black Panther come up. I mentioned Black Panther and he had no response to it. He just now writes off all Marvel movies as bad movies. And he decides there's no he's no possible way that the masses can Black Panther can have good ideas. <laughs> had the fifth highest opening of all time must be terrible. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. There's no way that everybody can can say that the movie is good. I am prone to my level of snobbery. I don't like YA adaptations, not because of the genre, because I believe that the studios have picked the worst of young adult fiction to adapt yes. and have therefore killed the opportunity for any good young adult fiction to be adapted. Right. And when they do adapt good young adult fiction, they tend to ruin it. Like yeah. the Percy Jackson books, great books, terrible movies. Terrible but movies. the Divergent books... Let's be honest. Divergent's not that good. Weak source no. material leads to weak movies. I can be – I have been accused of film snobbery, and I certainly have my level of it. But I try to – I have to bring myself down. And remember, mm. it's not necessarily yeah. bad. 
Exactly. Even Fifty Shades of Grey has a value in terms of they make a lot of money and movies you like will be made by this studio. Right. Yeah. It's well, important. It's it's how how it works. Don't 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 be a a dickhead yeah. and ruin it for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, you know, it's I have not had a traditional college experience, so I wasn't exposed to that many college communists. But I um, I haven't been exposed to many either. Mm-hmm. Um even in in my short two one and a half years <laughs> of college. Tell me um, what what else what else is going on? You want do you have a big rant you want to do? We'll we'll not, trade rant for rant. rant. Not a rant. But I do have some some good news is that I I got a job, Samuel. Yay! Got a big boy job. Um not a big boy job. I got a I got a medium boy job. Uh working a working at a, a clothing clothing brand uh down in Soho. It's going to be nice. It's going to be good. I have money. I can I can get a a nice uh nice little arm for my mic. Some maybe a pop filter, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? The, 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 possibilities. the possibilities are endless with money. Yeah. <laughs> you can do anything with money. Let's let's start dressing the same. Let's do it. Let's, start, let's just do it. <laughs> Why not? Our our opinions on movies being the same is not enough. We need to we need to put on the same clothes too. Yeah. I don't know. We'll yeah. disagree. We'll disagree on a movie at some point. It's bound to happen. It happens. It it's, happens every now and then. It's impossible for us to like every movie the same way, exactly. or for us to not, like for one of us to dislike a movie, not dislike right. a movie while the other one does like it. It'll happen. Right. It'll happen. And that day, well, a day like any other, when Earth's mightiest heroes will come together. <laughs> I just quoted the Avengers, the not the Avengers movie, the Avengers comics, because I'm a real fan. He's a real. He knows his stuff. He's real smart. fan, Rick and Morty no. fan. Real. I'm real really, Rick and Morty fan. I'm Have really you read smart. any of the Rick and Morty comics? Nope. I saw them for the first time the other day at a comic book shop mm-hmm. in Union Square, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. I was interested in it. What I want to find out first before spending money on it is if it's actually written by Royland and Harmon. Um, I don't think it's written. Just... I don't. I don't think it's written by them, but. It's also not in the C-137 timeline. It's in, I think it's like D, it's like C-130 whatever. Yeah. It's, the canon is pretty close to what we know, but not identical to it. Okay. But it is definitively a different Rick and Morty that's in the show. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll probably check them out at some point. I, yeah. uh, I just saw that and I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> Because yeah, I had heard about them, and I knew that they existed, but I hadn't actually seen them in person, and that was nice to see. Eh. Um, yeah. Well, the next week, uh, you want to do YouTube next week? We can, just... we can do YouTube Red next week, yeah. L- I'm, this, listen, is my last, this is my last week, uh, or half week, <sighs> of like unemployment, so we can definitely do YouTube Red next week. Listen, I'm, I'm having second. I watched The Thinning. You watched the thinning. I watched <laughs> with Logan the, Paul. I watched the Logan Paul movie. <laughs> uh, not as confident in the in the decision anymore. I want to pull out. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, Samuel, I'm not going to tell you that you have to pull out. But all I'm saying is that if you do decide to pull out and we don't do this, I'm not going to be disappointed. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'd rather make you watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah. I'd rather make you watch all 60 episodes of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, because at least it's... Oh, God. It'd be exhausting, but at least it's good. 
I don't know if that's possible. That's Ugh. a lot of work. I know. I don't want to make oh, you do man. that either. But uh, <laughs> next week, I, I think I'm. Do I'm any cu- movies come out next week? Nothing. I'm really looking forward to. Here, okay, wait. What about this, Samuel? I've still yet to see Coco. You haven't seen so, Coco yet. I could go see Coco, and we could also see Early Man, and we could do a nice little animation episode. We could do okay, so we could do a nice little animation episode. What other Oscar movies haven't you seen yet? Um, I have not seen Phantom Thread. I have not seen I Tanya or The Post yet. Okay, let's and is is Florida Project an Oscar no, movie? No, it got yeah. one okay. acting nod, but let's okay. okay see. Let's do Oscar catch up then. See as many cool. of those movies as you can. Let me know which ones you which ones you see, and we'll just talk about those. So next week, I'm cutting YouTube red. The thinning was too terrible. I don't want to make Michael do this. Thank you. <laughs> I love I love him too much. Yeah. It's not like Proud Mary where it's ha 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 ha, where Proud Mary was so bad it became something else. Right. It's not that level. I also feel like part of that is attributed to the people that were in Proud Mary and the fact that the thinning has Logan Paul in it. <laughs> like, it's a lot harder to enjoy something for being bad when it has an actual piece of garbage in the cast. You know? Yeah, because our, the, our, the rest of our plan was to watch all the YouTube Red movies, and maybe one of them is good. But if the maybe. thinning is the litmus test, I don't want to do it. I don't want to. No. It's not worth yeah. it. So we're going to Next week, we're going to do more Oscar catch-up. Which uh, which makes sense because yeah the Oscars are in two weeks so we'll do well yeah so next week we'll do Oscar catch up where we review those movies Michael will review those movies and then we'll also do early predictions on the big awards mm-hmm. it'll yeah so it'll be our pre Oscars special because we're trying to see maybe we can do something special for the Oscars but it's probably not gonna happen we don't know we'll have to see we'll have to that see changed, it, it changes now that I have a job yeah so it may uh, not that thing may not happen so we'll we'll figure something but yeah next week it might gonna, happen in a way we can next we can yeah see. next week's gonna it'll happen still the the Oscar we'll do next week is Oscars catch up I'm not doing YouTube red. I'm cutting most of the... I've said this now five times. I'm only going to keep one of them in. <laughs> that is what to look <laughs> no forward to No more YouTube Red. <laughs> look, hey, listen. Patreon, people. If you if you like with this, if you like this, go go chuck in a buck. Patreon.com yeah. slash Culture Vacuum. Uh, also, if you have friends and you recommend the show to them, that'd be nice. Yeah. Or, you know, if they're if you're at a party... And and your friends passed out. Take their phone and their give us I- a five star review on the podcast app. It's if an iPhone. We don't care about Google Play. Yeah, don't, that that doesn't matter. We're also on Spotify, so that's how you can tell. Hey, you don't have to download a podcast. It's in Spotify. That yeah, app you don't have use. to. You can do the least amount of work possible to listen to our podcast, and it's by just going to Spotify. Yes, it, we're we're in there. I'm watchable. It's coming back at some point. It's coming. It who knows, Samuel. It may not even be called unwatchable. Oh, I don't listen. Unwatchable. We gotta. We got a lot of <laughs> a lot of work over here at Unwatchable to do. Um, unwatchable, to, to, which to is see Mike. what we can salvage from this. Which is Michael. Um, listen, yeah, we can just listen. It's okay. the The pastry is thrown a wrench into our plans. Yeah, that's why you don't well, hire pastries. Exactly. And I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash for saying that. I know we got some pastry listeners, but pastries are 
but they're not good. I don't like pastries. I don't need. Who needs them? Who needs them? Too not flaky. Me. Too, too flaky. flaky. Just too much flake. Yeah. You know. Too, yeah. I, I need know. a nice. I need a nice like loaf. Yeah. You know? Like I need some. Not a lot of flake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we love our pastry, but just not for this. Just not for the yeah. <laughs> That's it for the show this week, everybody. Gracias, senors. Bye bye. Nothing is real. We're all one entity just in this system. I feel assimilated with all of you. Did you see? Did you see? Unfold. Some (laughs) there's some woman, her thing is she makes film prop sex toys and using the details oh. given in the shape of water she made the amphibian man penis i have to look this up right now <laughs> on, let me open up private tab <laughs> i don't care whatever fucking spectrum can see that i'm looking to get a fish dick hold on amphibian man dildo <laughs> Oh shit. Shape of water dildo. Oh, do you see it? Hold on. I'm uh, sure. Uh, oh wow. Did you, it's the BuzzFeed article. Interesting. I see it. Yeah. That okay. Interesting. There's no flaps. No flaps. It's sort of just an amphibian man colored dildo. Yeah. And there's some ridges on it. Yeah. Which, which makes sense with the anatomy. Right. Looking up dildos. This is the high quality content our listeners demand. This is what everybody wants. Oh my this god. This is what they need. Anyway. 